She likes walking strong and, and <laughs> wanted to have the certain boots that she could do that. And and I like love the idea when she kicked that door in. That was really fun for me. Yeah. You, you can see the boots, the the stockings and all of that that she kicked <laughs> the door in. You got a full view of the entire thing. <laughs> the entire thing. Welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Joy Glass. And I'm Dan White. Welcome, Dan. Yeah. Special appearance. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Not too bad. You know, it's winter time, just chilling at home. East Coast, that's pretty much all there is to do, I feel like. Yeah. That's a sad part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah. Spencer unfortunately couldn't make it, but mm -hmm. it's always fun when you're on. I know. I got to sub in for once. Yeah. <laughs> you're usually you're usually just like you're a guest or you're just like, hey, popping in for a second, but no. I know. You're you're here <laughs> for the whole intro. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we watched The Color Purple 2023. And I'm very excited about this one because Spencer, it's not entirely gone from this episode. Spencer interviewed the amazing costume designer, Francine Jameson Tanchuk. And I am just so excited. This is an incredible interview. But before that, Dan, do you want to give us a summary? Yeah, of course. Through the unbreakable bonds of sisterhood, Celia is able to face the many hardships in her life and finds the strength and hope she needs to build the life she hoped for and deserves. How was that for my first summary? <laughs> that was actually pretty good. <laughs> it's actually very good. <laughs> if you have not seen The Color Purple, go watch it. It's on Amazon. You can go rent it. It's I think it's going to be on HBO Max soon. So <laughs> go watch it and enjoy the incredible costumes and this week, as we go behind the costumes, we have director Blitz Baswali. And as I said before, costume designer Francine Jameson Tanchuk. You will know her work from White Men Can't Jump, Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit, Corinna, Corinna, Virtuosity, Courage Under Fire, Big Mama's House, The Birth of a Nation, Detroit, one Night in Miami, for which she receives a Costume Designer Guild Award, Emancipation, and this year, she is receiving the Costume Designer Guild Career Achievement Award. Without further ado, here is Spencer's interview with Francine Jameson Tanchuk for The Color Purple. episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. I am so excited to welcome costume designer for the color purple, Francine Jameson Tanchuk. Hi, Francine. I'm so excited to meet you. Hello. How are you, Spencer? It's great to be here. <laughs> of course. Well, I we were just talking behind the scenes, but I love the film. I've been so excited to talk to you. So let's get right into it. Uh, typically, I start these interviews by asking about your familiarity with the source material. But just a few months ago, I interviewed my good friend, Aggie Rogers, who had so many good things to say about you. And I had not realized at the time that you worked on The Color Purple with her. So yes, it was a joy to work with Aggie. Really? Yeah. Can we just take a moment to reflect on that? What did that look like? What was your role in the original film? My role on the original was uh, I was considered the ladies costume supervisor. This in those days, there were two supervisors, one for the for the ladies department and one for the men's department. And Don Vargas was on the men's side. But for me, uh, I was also helping Aggie to pull vintage clothing from the costume houses. And my job was to dress the the background players and day players and also to assist her in some of the fittings and um whatever swatching of fabrics that she needed. I, I was oh. pretty much also acting as an assistant costume designer, even in those days, I feel. Right. But, um it and and Aggie knew my love for period it outfits and period uh uh costumes. So she was really really wanted me to work with her on sourcing a lot of those things sound like an incredible incredible opportunity back then and it <laughs> turned out into this incredible oscar uh, film so <laughs> it's like talking about you know coming full circle back around is, is right. just amazing <laughs> yeah when she told me that i was like mean the Francine I'm getting ready to talk to in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so now years later, it's your turn to be the costume designer on the color purple. So what was your initial reaction when you were like, I'm doing the color purple? You must have been like. <laughs> it was when I was uh, approached to do it. I got the phone call from Blitz and he thought and he said to me, oh, I would love for you to 
work with me on um, this new version coming for of the color purple. And I thought the color purple, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was at first, uh, do I dare? Do I try? Do I do? Yes, I would love to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like like this was it was all leading up to this almost right. like you were just gearing up for it this entire time. <laughs> exactly, really. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about your collaboration with director Blitz Bazouli. Uh, what did that look like in this film? Blitz is such a visionary. And to me, he has such an eye for color and texture detail and and it it was so important for my meeting with him constantly because we wanted to make sure that the arc of our the characters was properly being introduced and properly going uh just on this journey and the colors and textures were so important uh, to tell the story of Celie, where she, or the abuse in her life, and and of course finding her true self, and 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 also toward the end, and and just making sure and and knowing that she is beautiful inside, and and I think having that uh, the start bringing Celie through these different eras was also bringing her through that journey. And it was a journey that took many years for her, but mm -hmm. I think sometimes it it has to happen that way. I don't think it can just turn on itself and just turn the tide and 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 for it to be a, a a quick fix. I think you know people we're all human beings and we have to learn from certain things, and it takes others much longer to learn. But as we're going through the journey of it, it it was important to tell the story of where Celie was in certain her clothing and the and the styles and and the colors until she received that beautiful dress from Suge. I think that was a moment for her. It it really brought said to herself that I'm worth it. That I, I really feel that I'm worth it with this. And um and that's where we ended up having because of that outfit and it 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 had to speak to Seely, the audience. It had to, it had to say something for the uh uh is a kind of a pivotal moment really for for Seely. And when she descends the stairs and Mr. was even looking at her, it 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 was really kind of a a nice turn of events that were taking place. Seely was very happy or beginning to feel her worth yeah that feels like a big moment where the costume design was really a big player in the storytelling through the film which is one of the reasons why i love costume design <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i do too spencer <laughs> <laughs> well the film starts with a young nettie and Celie. Uh, what sort of research did you do in preparation for the color purple because as you mentioned this story takes place over a wide uh time period it goes through many many years so i imagine you must have had to do quite a bit of research though you did mention you're a fan of periods so i'm guessing I, I you were ready <laughs> at first i thought i wanted to major in history when i was in, in school but mm. i thought well i i love costumes so much and and the making and the creating of them so i was able to, to blend my my different <laughs> likes and all that yeah. <laughs> 
But for for me, I have an extensive library of my own at home of, of wonderful books that I have gathered all over the place. And and um, but online sites such as Pinterest was very helpful in in um, researching a lot of the the eras that we had to go through and just to see what could happen with people. And I'm not into trying to be so rigid within the period. I like uh, the idea that people are human beings. Someone did something different in those eras. So why do, let's break out of it a little bit just to show the uh, the story and, and the character on, on what this, uh, what we can achieve with a costume in the time, in the framework of the historic time, but also it's important to uh, to tell the story for the character. So this is what I like about researching because you can look and see that uh, the diversity on, on human beings doing what they were doing in, in certain eras. I was just kind of blown away by it, <laughs> especially researching for Shug's outfit in the, in the, uh, the early to mid twenties, how the ladies were very risque in, in the entertainment. It was I mean, yeah. <laughs> to almost practically nude and, and mesh see-throughs. And it was just amazing. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Shug Avery. Taraji P. Henson plays Shug and she is such a vision. Every time you see her, I mean, it, it goes well with the character. You see her in those costumes and you're like, well, yeah, that must be Shug Avery. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she brings with her a ton of fun, extravagant costumes. So you started to talk about, but what was really your process in working with Suge? The process for Suge, when Taraji arrived in for the first fitting, because we had several fittings, of course, because I'm sure had yeah. all the different <laughs> costumes and went through the different eras. But Taraji was very supportive in allowing me to do what I do. And there were times that she, the only input is if certain things were not going to be comfortable for her to do a dance or, or that, you know, certain shoes were just not working on her feet, but these were only for uh, comfort things, not for as much as style. She left a lot of the style to, to me and also to, to Blitz for us to decide how to bring this character, Suge Avery onto the screen again. Mm -hmm. And um, she was very open to so many different suggestions. And it, it and Taraji is the, the beauty about Taraji anyway, you know, physically and emotionally and all of that. You can do those things. And she is kind of open to all the big hats of, of the, yeah. the 1900s <laughs> and all of the things that you wanted to do. So she was uh, a very willing subject. <laughs> <laughs> she was having fun and playing dress she up along the way. was having a lot of fun. <laughs> well, it really comes through on screen. Uh, for a large majority of this film, uh, Fantasia Barino plays Celie, who is absolutely incredible and really is the heart and soul to this story. So tell me about your collaboration with Fantasia and bringing Seely to life through costume. Well, Fantasia is another. She what uh, really relied on me to speak the character to her to really mm -hmm. say that this is Seely and and also I like doing what is called mood boards, collaborate uh, just having different 
research picks and different uh, to set a mood on on a costume board, and everyone and they're all for the different characters. I made up one for all of them, and that was in the very start before anything started going into fabrics and and the creative part of it and all this making patterns. But for for Antasia, just to let her see the the journey of the costume and taking all of it through the era. And she was so open to that. And she loved the idea that someone would take the time, you know, to really show that is especially to, to make this, um, to, to bring Celie into life on screen and, and where she wanted to take Celie. And she was very in, informative and supportive as well, because she would let me know, well, I don't, um, I know that I want to take her character in this particular way. Mm-hmm. And so we work together on that. I, you know, I think that's great. I have just the thing. Let, let's, you know, I'll come back with you for something else and then <laughs> and we will go from there. And, and also, of course, our dear Blitz, who has such a wonderful vision of color and texture and, and, um, just the input of how he wants those characters, how he wants to take them through this arc and this journey. So that uh, for Fantasia, she was another one that was just very open. They all, the entire cast, Halle Bailey and Felicia, Corey, uh, Sophia, I mean, uh, Danielle Brooks, every, every last one really trust my idea on what this, character and what these things were going to do. Even our wonderful, wonderful Mr. Lewis Gossett Jr., who is my goodness, he has <laughs> more films and <laughs> probably yeah, any of sure. us. He relied on on my vision on what that um what old Mr. would be. And Coleman Domingo, he he would just so here he says, here I am just Put me into the character. (laughs) (laughs) That leads me to my next question, actually. Coleman Domingo, who I love, and Corey Hawkins. They're both so good. This father and son duo. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Mr. and Harpo, who are father and son. We haven't really talked about the men's costumes yet. So how did you approach their costumes? It's a little bit of a different ballgame. Well, first to rely to see what is Mr. Where are these the the characters? They are in mm. a small southern town, starting in the early 1900s, and you and they're pretty much farmers. So their outfits have to they they have to work for doing farming, which boots and and old work hats and things mm. like that that they can use, but also. Mr. had a, a way of being very proud of who he was. I mean, he would, you know, the style that he carried, he he felt very masculine and, and cool in his boots and and the uh his ruggedness and and his uh, old kind of western farm hat. No, you know, he he liked that idea. So he was looking at himself as a quintessential ladies' man in a way. <laughs> And with Corey, because we have Corey's character starting off as a child, 
Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be wonderful to put young Corey, young Harpo in the breaches of 1900 and still have him in it, even though Corey, the, when Corey himself comes in as Harpo, mm-hmm. he's still in them in 1917. So he hasn't really matured enough oh, interesting. to stand up to his dad. So mm. <laughs> eventually... He, he does. So it, it was making that particular, um, having that idea of telling that story that when Sophia comes in and she meets uh, uh, Mr. and old Mr. and she just pushes her way into the <laughs> into the bar <laughs> area. And um, Harpo is still a little unsure of himself. So I wanted his clothing to continue to reflect that about him. But as he got older, of course, and he gained the juke joint, something that happened later, especially in in the 20s and all that, he he grew to have on his long trousers. So he was coming into himself and standing up to his father, something that his father didn't do with his father. It, It was like, you know, I think Harpo kind of broke that that chain of you know standing up for the person you love yeah i didn't i actually didn't notice that the first time i watched through but i love that little note that's in the storytelling of the costumes i'm gonna go back and watch and look for for harpo's (laughs) pants now uh so there's a lot of movement and dancing in this story so how did you and your team work together to make sure these costumes also work with the choreography there was a lot of dancing Oh my gosh, yes. And and working and just uh, Fatima Robinson is incredible. She would send us a, a video on how the dance numbers were being choreographed and, and she wanted me to specifically see that because of the costumes. We didn't want to have any restriction on the movement. We wanted the, the dancers had to continue to be able to move with the costume. Mm-hmm. And the costume had to hold up somewhat, which in many ways, sometimes they didn't. And and the, the wonderful <laughs> costumers on set were great in, in repairing and um, and trying to give the dancers some extra uh, uh, sturdiness or some type of the, the costume being a little bit more uh, body to it in order for them to go the distance because sometimes we didn't have a a lot of the budget for them to be doubled or tripled. So uh, they had to really be able to stand up over all of the dance numbers and the different ones. And thank goodness we had dance numbers in every era, in every era. And the wonderful thing about going to the 40s, they can wear trousers. (laughs) (laughs) The women can wear pants. (laughs) You're like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it worked out beautifully. (laughs) So I have one more character I want to talk about, which is, of course, Sophia, played by Danielle Brooks. Oh, my goodness. She is so good. So good. Deserves an Oscar, but I probably shouldn't say that. Um, (laughs) She brings a whole lot of fun and energy to this film, Sophia. Um, But she's also such an integral character to to the story where she goes through some really traumatic events as well. So how did you approach her costumes? Because you really had to show a variation of emotions and 
storytelling throughout her span of the film. Well, Bliss and I wanted to keep Sophia also in her femininity. She's a a, a strong character to to uh, to reckon with, but at the same time, Danielle, the Sophia, loved being Sophia. She loved being a girl, and we. I wanted to show not to have her outfits so uh, to be strong as as well in color or any of that because we are also dealing with an era where she came in what in 1917 and i i really still wanted to show that particular era when she is coming in because some of those periods 1917 1922 23 24 they were almost in close relation in a silhouette to one another so i wanted to keep um sophia's costumes in a little bit more light in color, something that the 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 colors and the tone reflect Sophia's uh complexion, that beautiful uh, skin tone of hers. And also and and for it to to work because I mean she likes walking strong and and <laughs> wanted to have the certain boots that she could do that and and I like love the idea of when she kicked that door in that was really fun for me yeah but you you can see the boots the the stockings and all of that that she kicked the door in when she you got a full leaving. view of the entire thing the entire thing and, and and I like the idea of some of these little frumpy hats with the flowers that are, that were shaking on on it as she was moving so it it was uh, a combination of still keeping Sophia's uh, her feminine wiles and all of that about her because she liked being a, uh, a a woman and and a wife to to Harpo and and a mom, but at the same time she's not going to have anyone uh, lessen her strength. I mean she she knew how strong she was. She knew her strength in doing things and and that's why it was so hard when she got arrested when right. you see her in jail and. That was almost a that was a teary moment for me, even when we were shooting it. I, I had to kind of walk away from the monitor a bit because it, it that performance is just so in, incredible when she says, you know, don't leave me here. And it, you just feel, oh my gosh, it 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 was it it was really a a heartfelt thing because you're wondering. Are they taking Sophia's spirit? It, it seemed like her spirit, it wasn't crushed, crushed, but it did go through a um a moment. It it more than than a moment, really. But it, it you were just hoping that this cannot happen to this wonderfully strong, beautiful lady. And in the end, what she did not want is to be a maid, and she ended up being a maid for Miss Millie. And, I wanted the the dress she came out of was dated into the 30s, but uh, it it was something of the color and the texture of it, and and the and the little hat on her head was just speaking how she was feeling at that time. But as as things went on, the eras go on, and you see her also in Miss Seeley's pants. They all just really blossomed. Their their whole um, character and emotions just really 
took another turn for for me as doing the costumes. So. Right. It, it really is a hard moment to watch. I mean, I know when I saw it, everyone around me was crying, including oh myself. My gosh, it, it really is. And it was even harder, Spencer. To me, it was hard watching it when Blitz was directed. I'm sure. It was really a moment. Yeah. But then, like you said, the costumes really add to this almost a moment of like awakening where they're all able to get their spirit back yes. and just really rejoice and come together toward the end. So it was really quite beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so there is a quick dream sequence on the beach and we see this incredible parade of traditional African costumes. It's only there for a quick minute, yeah. oh, but wow. it is stunning. How did you and your team pull this together? Well, the one thing is, of course, our dear Blitz was very instrumental in that because these costumes were Ghanaian and the uh, the fabric that was used was kente cloth which has been around for thousands of years. So it was um, the, the, the weave, the strip weaving of Kente is, and the color of it and the beauty of it is just amazing too. Mm -hmm. And Blitz introduced me to a dear friend, a partner and producer of his that lived in Ghana, Mr. Botang. And he was so instrumental in guiding me through what would work for that era and to stay within the culture. And, um, that was really very uh, helpful, very, very helpful. And I just say thank you, Mr. Botang, because he was wonderful <laughs> in doing that. And and the idea of the um, the um, the scarves around their waist, you know, that they can that's moving with the dancers. It, it was just all of the, that inspiration plus and looking into research as well. But. Knowing uh, a little uh, somewhat about the kente cloth of of uh, Kenya, of Ghana, and it was just how that fabric, we had to have really the real thing. It, it, it cannot be something that is so printed. Maybe toward the end in the 40s, it could be. It started becoming that. But in the 1910 with Seeley's imagination, because she's going with the imagination of what Nettie introduced her to from school. Right. So we, so that imagination of her, she has to see the color and the amazing things of the African people and, and, the, and the culture of it. So that one was just a, to me, like blizzard, it was a labor of love. It really was. Yeah, it was beautiful. I, I, I felt my jaw hit the floor when I saw it. I just couldn't believe because it was just like that too. Yeah. So it was like, whoa, what what did Francine just do there? That was incredible. <laughs> Toward the end of the film, well, the end of the film, we see Celie and Nettie come together in this beautiful celebration. And I believe everyone was wearing white. Yes. So I was wondering what you what you were intending with the use of the white. First off, Blitz and I felt that the white... For everyone to be in white, it it also gave an opportunity for Celie's beautiful quilts to shine on the table. So if everyone else was in certain colors, then we wouldn't see those wonderful quilts um, uh, as much. And then we also thought it was a moment for Celie to end up back in white from her time as young Celie. And Nettie, of course, in neutral white colors in a way, but... They're both ending. They're back to where they were 
let's say from the beach. And it's mm-hmm. a, it's a nice circle back around that the purity of their uh their friend of their love for one another as family and friends and all of that around the table. So and 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 the inspiration that I had for Miss Suge Avery's 1946 jumpsuit was an image that I I saw online. I thought it was just remarkable. I wanted to do it with, with another different print, but in the end, Blitz and I decided, oh, let's do polka dot. So that was uh, how that came about. But to see everyone around the table in that white or cream or the neutrals was just, it it, it was nice. It was a nice moment. Yeah, it was a perfect full circle moment that really just tied the whole thing up in like this beautiful bow. Uh-huh. And with that, Francine, The Color Purple was a magical film. And I just want to ask you, what do you hope audiences take away from seeing The Color Purple? I think to take away that we all have the possibilities to go through some hard some hard times in life some tragedy some other you know certain things may not what Seely went through but there are people who have gone through those things and and it what I like for people to take away is that there is uh there can be a new day that dawns for everyone mm-hmm. and we're all on this planet together <laughs> and, yeah. and I would like to see us all just respect and care and 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 be there for one another because this isn't only there are this little rock that's going through the <laughs> the universe <laughs> and we're all on it we're all on the same journey maybe in taking different paths but eventually the the journey is has a um a stop and mm-hmm. how we want to go from birth to to that stop I think it's all up to a lot of us as individuals. And looking back on now that you've seen the color purple, I hope. And what <laughs> just what does what has this experience meant to you now? As we mentioned, it was kind of a full circle moment. So looking back on it, just how do you feel? I just feel really blessed, Spencer, to have gone on the journey with Aggie in nineteen eighty five. Like you said, I think it prepared me for this moment as well. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, it, it's it, and to me, it I felt I was di- divinely led <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it it does feel as though it was many ways meant to be. Wow, well, costume designer Francine Tanchuk, thank you so much for talking with me. This has been such a joy. Thank you so much, Spencer. It's been a joy for me as well. Hi, this is Dan, audio engineer of the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Here to let you know... That if you wanted to support the show, you can head over to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. There you can buy some awesome TeePublic merch with the podcast logo, such as a shirt, coffee mug, stickers, and of course, a baby onesie. Thanks for all your support. She's so amazing. She had so much good info. I know. And it. I think it's just so cool how this movie was a full cir- circle moment for her after she was an assistant on the original. Yeah, true. Uh, if you all like this, we would love to hear what you thought. You can leave us a voicemail at 626-515-1826 or email us at theartacostume at gmail.com. And next week... We are going to be watching a many time requested TV show. We are going to be watching all five seasons of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. In the meantime, if you would like some more content from us, you can visit us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod, on TikTok at The Art of Costume. If you need some Art of Costume merch, you can hit up the artofcostume.com slash pod store. And if you liked what you heard, we would really, really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star text review on Apple Podcast. And as a last note, um, we are updating our YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com slash at the Art of Costume. Uh, we're trying to update more videos on there um, that actually show the costumes that you know we're all talking about throughout the interview or you know the episode in general Mm -hmm. um so yeah definitely check that out subscribe like comment uh we appreciate all of that yes daniel thanks for joining me today yeah i know it was quick but you know i'll definitely try to show up for more of these yes absolutely everybody goodbye and have a fantastic week bye-bye The Art of Costume podcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on TikTok at The Art of Costume and Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod. 
If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more podcast updates, costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, go to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. 